بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Esteemed ulama, honored elders, brothers, mothers, sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We praise and we thank Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal for having counted us among the believers and among the reciters of the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And on that same note, we are ever grateful and appreciative to Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal for having counted us among the ummatis of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khayrul quruni qarni the best of eras, the best of people, the best of ummah is none other than the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we send endless and countless salutations and blessings and duas for mercy upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as is instructed by the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or rather instructed by Allah Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal in the Qur'an إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم Indeed the Nabi of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم has told us as we have mentioned a few short sentences ago وخير أمتي قرني that the best of my ummah is undoubtedly the people that have witnessed my time the people that were with me and this is speaking of none other than the noble companions of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and in another hadith the nabi of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said ashabi kan nujum that my companions are like the stars faman iqtadaytum ihtadaytum fabiayyihim iqtadaytum ihtadaytum so whichever one of these stars you take as a guiding light and you follow the star, then undoubtedly you will be guided to the straight path that they have also followed in following the Sharia and the teachings of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we know that the nobility of the companions of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam cannot be doubted and it can never ever be questioned. And in the farewell Hajj of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that I leave behind for you two things. I leave behind for you my, the kitab of Allah, the Qur'an, and I leave behind for you my teachings and my way. Now when we analyze this in a certain context that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given a promise in the Qur'an, that we are the ones responsible of revealing this Qur'an, and very well rest assured, this Qur'an will be protected and it will be sheltered from any and every kind of discrepancy and fallacy. Now when you look at what the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said regarding the Sahaba being the guiding lights and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had promised that the Qur'an will be protected, we can link the two in a way that how did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect this Qur'an that has reached us in his very pristine form today? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala utilized none other than the Sahaba radiallahu anhum themselves to protect and preserve this Qur'an. So today our topic of discussion is the link of Sahaba radiallahu anhum with the Qur'an kareem And we will look at it in two segments. The first segment is in the light of the ayah that we have recited. 
that Allah used the Sahaba radiallahu anhum to protect and preserve this Quran and for it to reach us in a sheltered manner till today. In the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the Quran would be revealed, then the ayat would come down to the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and immediately the Nabi of Allah would instruct some Sahaba that were sitting around him to record and write down the verse as he recited it. After they would record and write down the verse, they would then read it again to the Nabi of Allah so that he can confirm whether or not it was correct. And this is how the Quran was protected from the time of its revelation in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we know that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, among them there were a few of them that were famous to be the scribes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Khulafai Rashidin, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali radiallahu anhum ajma'een, as well as Sayyiduna Zayd ibn Thabit, Sayyiduna Muawiyah, Sayyiduna uh, Aban ibn Sa'id, as well as other Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they were known to be those that read, wrote down the sayings, the teachings and the revelation that was sent down to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And from among that group of Sahaba, two Sahaba in particular, Zayd ibn Thabit and Muawiyah radiallahu anhumah, they had the specific job and work of recording down the revelation that was sent to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This means that they had actually sacrificed going out to earn a livelihood just so that they could be in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to record the noble verses of the Qur'an. This was the prestige and the honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had afforded these two sahaba in particular. Furthermore, how was the Qur'an protected in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We are very well aware that during the month of Ramadan, the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would recite whatever verses had been revealed up until that time. He would recite the verses to none other than Jibreel Amin alayhi salam. And in the final month, or rather in the final Ramadan of the noble life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he recited the verses of the Qur'an not once but twice in its entirety to Jibreel Amin alayhi salatu wa salam. So we know that the Qur'an was completely protected during the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when it was recorded, this is the part that, that, that we can look a bit more further into, that the Qur'an may have not been compiled in one book form in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but they were definitely those sahaba that memorized the Qur'an in its entirety already. And that is how also the Qur'an was protected and preserved. And regarding whatever was written down, it was written down on perhaps some pieces of parchment, some other pieces of paper, some leaves, the hide of an animal, the leather that was used at the time. These were all written and the written verses were scattered among the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Nevertheless, post the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during the rightful khilafah of Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an, there was a battle that took place in the year 12 AH. So we're going to go a little bit into history. And this battle was called the Battle of Yamamah. Unfortunately, 70 Huffad from the Muslims were martyred during this battle. And after this occurred, Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an approaches Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an and says that, Oh Abu Bakr, oh our Khalifa, oh our Amir, we have a bit of a problem. 70 of our Huffad were martyred in this battle. I fear that if this trend continues, then there is a chance or they, perhaps it may be detrimental to the ummah in terms of the preservation of the Qur'an. 
So I have a suggestion. Why don't we compile the Quran in one book form? Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an looks at Umar radiallahu an and says that how can I do something that the Nabi of Allah himself didn't do? Subhanallah, this was the adherence to Sunnah and this was the way that Abu Bakr radiallahu an how he followed the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the team. Umar radiallahu an gives the suggestion again a second time, thereafter a third time. Eventually, Abu Bakr radiallahu an realizes the benefits of compiling the Quran in one book form and realizes also the harms that it could lead to if it weren't or if this opinion was not taken forward. So he calls forward Sayyiduna Zayd ibn Thabit, one of the famous scribes of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and gives the suggestion to him. Sayyiduna Zayd ibn Thabit gives the same reply. How can we do something that the Nabi of Allah himself didn't do? And that was not done in the time of the Nabi of Allah. After a bit of convincing and some mashwara, some, discuss, some discuss, discussion among the greater Sahaba radiallahu anhum, or among the, the main masses of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they finally agreed that they will go on to do this. And the verification process that had gone or that had passed from Zayd ibn Thabit radiallahu an in verifying the ayah that he would receive from a person was very extreme. That he would not accept a verse that was written down from a person unless that person could present two witnesses to say and testify that I witnessed that this person had written this verse in front of the Nabi of Allah. So the verification process was very extreme. Nonetheless, the Quran was compiled in one book form in this manner and it was kept by Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an. After Abu Bakr radiallahu an had passed on, it was kept by Umar radiallahu an. After Umar radiallahu an had passed on, it was kept by the daughter of Umar radiallahu an, Sayyidatuna Hafsa radiallahu anha. During the rightful khilafah of Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an, there was obviously... A, an extreme growth in Islam. Islam began spreading far and wide. So when the Muslims were conquering different lands, the respective Sahaba that were conquering those areas, they would obviously teach the Quran as they had learnt it from other Sahaba and from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to the new Muslims that would enter into the fold of Islam. Now we are very well aware also that the Quran, there are different modes of recitation. So not every Sahabi knew every mode in terms of the recitation of the Quran, but he taught as he was taught by other Sahaba and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Unfortunately, when the new Muslims started coming in, and in one battle particularly, the battle of Azerbaijan and Armenia in the year 25 AH, Hudayfa bin Yaman radiallahu an noticed a bit of disagreement between the different factions of the new Muslims from the different areas. That's one Muslim will say, one new Muslim will say that your Quran is incorrect, my Quran is correct. And the way you're reading is incorrect, but the way I'm reading is correct. And when this was brought to the notice of Uthman radiallahu an, Uthman radiallahu an looked at this as a serious problem. And he said that we need to gather the people upon one style of writing in the Quran that incorporates all the modes of recitation. Obviously, this was not done by himself. He had consulted with the other Sahaba and this is testified by none other than Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an. As Ali radiallahu an says, do not speak anything against Uthman except that it is something good. Regarding him collating the Quran upon one style of writing, this he had done with our consensus and with our mashwara as well. And we had applauded him for his decision and for his opinion. So do not ever speak anything ill against Sayyiduna 
Uthman radiallahu an. So this was in terms of the preservation of Quran, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine Allah gives a promise in Quran and Allah uses the noble companions of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to fulfill that very promise. So their status cannot be denied and cannot be questioned on this one feat alone. But today we share with you other links that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had with the Quran Kareem. And the reason why we speak about this is because we know very well that we have now begun the month of Rajab. And the Nabi of Allah in the Quran, had, or rather in the Ahadith, had mentioned that the month of Rajab is the month to plant the seeds. The month of Sha'ban is the month to water and nourish those seeds. So that in the month of Ramadan, the month of the Quran, that is the month that you can now harvest those crops, pick those fruits and reap the benefits of whatever you have planted. So as a build up to the month of the Quran, this is the reason why we speak of this. When we look at the link that Sahaba radiallahu anhum had with the words of the Quran Kareem, we look at none other than Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu an. When the Nabi of Allah was ill and he requested that none other than Abu Bakr radiallahu an lead the salah, Aisha radiallahu anha says, my dear husband, messenger of Allah, I'm afraid we cannot ask Abu Bakr to perform the salah. Because if he has to go forward and start reciting the Quran in Salah, I fear that he will weep so much because of the effect of the Quran on his heart that the people behind him, the people standing behind him will not even be able to listen to the words. At the time of the demise of Rasulullah wasallam, a shocking moment in Medina Munawwara when the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were thrown into a frenzy. It was none other than Abu Bakr radiallahu an that brought composure and calmness to the hearts of the Sahaba saying what? He quoted a verse of Quran. That O Sahaba, remember Allah says Muhammad is none, is none other than a messenger. He also has to pass away like the messengers that had come before. His link with Quran so, so strong, so firm. That during a trying time like losing his best companion and losing the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his mind raised to Quran. We look at Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an. There was a man by the name of Uyayna bin Hisn. Uyayna bin Hisn comes to Medina Munawwara and he has a nephew by the name of Hur bin Qais. Now Hur bin Qais was part of the advisory council and those people that Umar radiallahu an kept very close to him whenever any meeting would go on. So Uyayna asks his nephew Hur that my dear nephew, can you make a plan for me to also come into that gathering? I have some certain things that I'd like to discuss with the Amirul Mu'mineen. So Hur bin Qais says, no problem my dear uncle. As they said before, Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an, Uyayna bin Hisan stands up and he starts hurling very hurtful remarks and comments at Umar radiallahu an as being an unjust ruler, as being unfair when it comes to giving out shares or giving out uh, monthly incomes. And of course we know if a person stands up in front of Umar radiallahu an, the man and the nature of the temperament of Umar radiallahu an would not allow that person to still carry on speaking. So immediately Umar radiallahu an is enraged and he stands up ready to go for Uyayna. And Hur bin Qais is witnessing this. Amirul Mu'mineen on one side, my dear uncle on the other side. Hur bin Qais, his mind races to Quran. And he says to Umar radiallahu an, O oh, Amirul Mu'mineen, remember the words of Allah. خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ وَأَعْرِضْ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ Take toward pardon. Command with goodness and kindness. 
and turn away from the ignorant ones. Immediately Umar radiallahu an is summed down. وَكَانَ وَقَّافًا عِنْدَ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ Do you want to know who Umar is? Umar radiallahu an was that person when the Quran spoke, Umar listened. When the Quran said something, Umar was silent. When the Quran passed a judgment, Umar radiallahu an was ready to follow it. Sayyiduna Uthman radiallahu an. What more can be said about a man that was martyred while he was reciting Quran? That his blood trickled on the pages of Quran. What more can you say about that man? That in one night of salah, he completes an entire recitation of the, of the Quran. He completes the Quran cover to cover in one night of salah. What more can you say about that man? Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an. He mentions, and this is regarding the knowledge of Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an. Ali radiallahu an says that there isn't a verse of Quran except that I know when it was revealed. Except that I know upon whom or regarding whom it was revealed. Except that I know where it was revealed. Except that I know whether it was revealed in the mountain or on earth. Except that I know whether it was revealed during the day or during the night. We look at Sayyiduna Ubay ibn Ka'b radiallahu anhu. He is seated with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on one occasion. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, O Ubay, Allah has instructed me to recite Surah Al-Bayyinah to you. Allah has instructed me to recite Lam yakunil ladheena kafaru to you. Ubay ibn Ka'b says, O Nabi of Allah, Allah took me by my name. Allah actually mentioned my name. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Yes, Ubay. Immediately, Ubay ibn Ka'b bursts into tears. Who was Ubay ibn Ka'b and will recite it in the second khutbah? وَأَقْرَأُهُمْ أُبَيُّ بْنُ كَعْبِ The most learned when it came to the Qur'an al-Kareem was none other than Ubayyu ibn Ka'b رضي الله تعالى عنه We move to another sahaba. There are so many examples that we can give. Unfortunately, time does not permit. But this final example of this sahabi that we give, we link to obviously the current issue of today. And this is none other than Sayyiduna Abbad ibn Bishr رضي الله عنه Who was Abbad ibn Bishr رضي الله عنه he was that person who, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent out a certain expedition, then the Sahaba radiallahu anhum set up camp at a particular place. And Abbad ibn Bishr radiallahu anhu was teamed up with Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu anhu to stand guard at a particular point. When they reached the point, Abbad radiallahu anhu tells Ammar radiallahu anhu, that, oh, Ammar, you're looking a bit tired. Why don't we split up our shift into two parts? I'll stand guard for the first half of the night. You can rest in the meanwhile. And then afterwards, you can stand for the second half of the night. Ammar ibn Yasir says, no problem. Abbad ibn Bishr begins his standing guard. And he looks at the night. He says, you know what? The air is beautiful. The atmosphere right now is very soothing. It's a lovely night. This is a night to make ibadah. You and I will say it's Friday night, it's a night to go party. It's a night to go here. It's a holidays, it's time to enjoy. Let's further the boundary a bit. But this is a night to make ibadah. What better ibadah can there be than reciting Quran? I know. The better ibadah is to recite Quran while performing salah. Abad ibn Bishr begins his salah. And he is involved in the recitation of Surah Al-Kahf. At that point, there's, a, there's an enemy that's circling the area. And he sees one guard is sleeping, the other guard is in salah. He takes out the first arrow. He pulls it. He lets it go. 
it pierces the body of Abbad ibn Bishr. Abbad ibn Bishr is enjoying his salah. He pulls the arrow out of his body and he throws it one side. A second arrow is pulled and fired. Abbad ibn Bishr pulls that arrow out of his body. A third arrow is pulled. It's fired. It's piercing the body of Abbad ibn Bishr radiallahu an. And he pulls the third arrow out. At that point, Abbad radiallahu an completes his salah. And he touches Ammar radiallahu an. Ammar radiallahu an is alerted. Oh, Abbad, why didn't you break your salah when the first arrow came? You weren't compelled to complete your salah. Ammar, how could I cut off my recitation of Surah Al-Kahf? I love the Surah so much. And I heard it directly from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Death would have been dearer to me than to cut off my recitation of Quran. And this is how Abbad ibn Bishr radiallahu an was also given the title of the friend of the Quran. Today we heard of a very disturbing incident. And that is those people that were also engaged in salah. Those martyrs, we can so proudly call them martyrs of Islam. They were engaged in their salah just yesterday, so actually Friday in New Zealand as well. When a person, a gunman comes in and takes the life of those shuhada, is there no guarantee, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that do not even think that the shuhada passed away or they have gone because they are very much alive and experiencing rewards in their qubur. And we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can grant them the same status as those Sahaba radiallahu anhum that also passed on, like the likes of Abbad ibn Bishr, and give them a status of all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum whose lives were taken. Now as mu'minun, as Muslims, how do we move forward from this situation and how do we deal with such a situation? Firstly, we need to realize that emotions do not control a believer. Emotions should not control a believer, but it is natural for a person to feel hurt that our brother's lives were sacrificed in such a way. However, we are still bound by Sharia in terms of the things that we say and the things that we do. Secondly, we need to realize that not all non-Muslims are evil because of this person's action. Allah says in Quran that Allah does not prohibit you to be good to those people and be just to those non-Muslims that do not interfere with your lives as well. So we need to understand that verse of Quran. Thirdly, even during battle, we are also prohibited by Allah from killing and, and attacking the lives of innocent people. Fourthly, we should present the message of Islam in a pleasant way and in the dignified way that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had done throughout his life. Fifthly, obviously, we make dua for the martyrs, for those people whose lives were taken, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them with the best stages in Jannatul Firdaus, and Allah grant their families sabran jamila, the best and the greatest kind of patience. And lastly, we need to make dua and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah protect us. Because there is no guarantee that we are also, or that, that we are in one part of the world and these things won't happen here. We need to always turn to Allah and be firm, hold firmly onto the rope of Allah. And once again, how do we link it to our topic of today? We need to strengthen our link with Quran, my dear brothers. As a prelude to the month of Ramadan, let us start from now with a little preparation and slowly will inshallah reach tremendous heights within the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless one and all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allah.
أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد الرسول الله أشهد أن محمد الرسول عظيم الصفات سمي السمات كبير الشان جليل القدر رفيع الذكر مطاع الأمر جلي البرهان فخيم الإسم غزير العلم وسيع الحلم كثير الغفران جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان 
ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تقنطوا من رحمة الله فإنه أرحم الراحمين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن نفسا لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله وأجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين ودعوه فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخرين الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وفي رواية معمر عن قتادة مرسلا وأقضاهم علي وأثرضهم زيد بن ثابت وأقراؤهم أبي بن كعب وأعلمهم بالحلال والحرام معاذ بن جبل ولكل أمة أمين وأمين هذه الأمة أبو عبيدة بن الجراح رواه أحمد الترمذي وعن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا اللهم احفظه في ولده رواه الترمذي وعن عبد الله بن مغفل رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله الله في أصحابي 
الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم ومن آذاهم فقد آذاني ومن آذاني فقد آذى الله ومن آذى الله فيوشك أن يأخذه رواه الترمذي ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وسكنهم في الجنة اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وأدخلهم في الجنة اللهم اجعل قبورهم روضة من رياض الجنان ولا تجعلهم حفرة من حفر النار اللهم لا تحرمنا أجرهم ولا تفتنا بعدهم واغفر لنا ولهم اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم واخذل من خذل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون قوموا للصلاة الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين يا أيها الذين آمنوا استعينوا بالصبر والصلاة إن الله مع الصابرين ولا تقولوا لمن يقتل في سبيل الله أموات بل أحياء ولكن لا تشعرون ولنبلونكم بشيء من الخوف والجوع ونقص من الأموال والأنفس والثمرات 
وبشر الصابرين الذين إذا أصابتهم مصيبة قالوا قالوا إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون أولئك عليهم صلوات من ربهم ورحمة وأولئك هم المهتدون الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين كلا إذا دكت الأرض دكت دكا وجاء ربك والملك صفا صفا وجيء يومئذ بجهنم يومئذ يتذكر الإنسان يومئذ يتذكر الإنسان وأنى له الذكرى يقول يا ليتني قدمت لحياتي فيومئذ لا يعذب عذابه أحد ولا يوثق وثاقه أحد يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة ارجعي إلى ربك راضية مرضية فادخلي في عبادي وادخلي جنتي الله لمن حمده الله أكبر
السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Request everyone to inshallah recite Surah Al-Ikhlas three times Thereafter we will make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant the matters from the incident Jannatul Firdaus and grant the family sabr and jameel inshallah بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وأنثانا اللهم من أحييته منا فأحييه على الإسلام ومن توفيته منا فتوفه على الإيمان اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وعافهم واعف عنهم وأكرم نزلهم ووسع مدخلهم واغسلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم من الذنوب والخطايا كما ينقى الثوب الأبيض من الدنس اللهم لا تحرمنا أجرهم ولا تفتنا بعدهم واغفر لنا ولهم اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وسكنهم في الجنة اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وأدخلهم في الجنة اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وروحهم في الجنة اللهم أوصل ثواب ما قرأنا من تلاوة سورة الإخلاص إلى جميع أرواح المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات خاصة إلى الشهداء يا رب العالمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين